Welcome to the first ever In Luke's Corner episode. Yeah. Not even a segment. It's an episode now. We made it, guys. We made it. Fuck yeah. Up top. Kiss ass. So basically on In Luke's Corner, if you're not already familiar with it, I'm just going to talk about fights, whether it's UFC, boxing, Um, basically give you an overview. I have predictions that I post on Twitter. And yeah. So all things combat sports. So this past weekend was UFC 254. Thank you for adjusting my mic. <laughs> this past weekend was UFC 254, Khabib versus Justin Gaethje. Um, it was a roller coaster of emotions, um, but we'll get to that. Uh, we start off on the first uh, fight of the main card, Magomed Ankalev versus Ion Kutalaba. Now, this fight was booked several times before. They did fight before, and it ended in a controversial uh, stoppage. With So basically what went down, the fight started. These guys obviously didn't like each other. They started throwing off the gate, and Ian Katalaba tried to – he used this method where he – it was almost like a – what's it called when they have like a raccoon? It's like a possum. Possum. Awesome. Dead possum. Yeah, yeah, yeah where he was trying to act like he was hurt. He was wobbling his head, but like you can tell he was still kind of blocking some shots. Like he wasn't in that much danger. I think it was just like a, he was trying to lure him in so he can land a big shot and knock him out. But the ref jumped in there, saw it. You can tell I and Kutalaba, he immediately protested. He was super pissed off. Um, so they tried to book it like three times. I think I and Kutalaba got, um, tested, he tested positive for COVID twice. So the first fight happened. Or, test twice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't know that. So like, it must have been like a false positive, but they didn't probably care. So anyway, they were able to finally fight this weekend. I know it was a fight that I, a lot of fight fans were looking forward to. And Ion Coach Lava started the fight off pretty patient. He didn't want to like make the same mistake, probably getting clipped. But in the first round, he ended up getting caught with an awesome two-punch combination. He comes in. Magomed Inkalaev hits him with the right hand and then fires a left hand at him and completely drops him. The ref obviously tried to give Kutalaba a fighting chance because they didn't want to like wanted to avoid more controversial stoppage. But Magomed Inkalaev basically was playing some Dagestani ba- or basketball with Kutalaba's head. I think about college. I talk. Yeah, sure. Just keep talking. I was just to talk. No, no, I didn't get Luke didn't introduce who was here, so I didn't want to ruin the aesthetic. But yeah, he was playing. Dagestani basketball with Kuzalaba's head. He literally was dribbling it off the canvas. So it was good to finally let that close. Magomed Nikolaev is a legit contender. He only has one loss on his record, and it was basically like a – it was to Paul Craig, and it was like a – something. he caught him out of nowhere with some issues. He was dominating the whole fight, and he got caught in a guillotine. But rest assured, Magomed Nikolaev is a legit contender. He's probably got a big name next. The next fight on the card was Lauren Murphy versus – Lilia Shakarova. It was originally supposed to be Lauren Murphy versus um, Cynthia Calvillo, who was coming off a win off of Jessica I. Bro, did we watch that fight? Uh, we probably watched like a minute of it and then we stopped, I think. Was that what was other when we were at Matt's? I think it was when we were at Matt's the second, not the second time. Yeah, 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 no, it wasn't Matt's. And it was the first time we had, we went with uh, Trevor. 
Because, yeah, we – I mean, I don't like Jessica. I nothing against her, but I just – actually, no, there's a lot against her. <laughs> <laughs> She's just weird. Not weird, but, like, so when she tries to cut promos, it just comes off as so awkward. But – so Lilia Shakarova is a former wrestling champion. So – but she was also on short notice. So it was interesting to see what kind of problems that could cause for Lauren Murphy. And Lauren Murphy taking the fight is also a big risk for – her uh, future in the division. But Lauren Murphy, uh, she has really good striking. She's good all around. She really put pounding on Lilia Shakarova going into the second round. She caught her in a rear naked choke. So it just showed how good her grappling is being able to grapple with a formal or former wrestling champion. And I'm pretty sure it was known that Lilia Shakarova also used to like wrestle with the guys in her gym. And he should just beat the living shit out of them with wrestling. So good win for Lauren Murphy. She's probably going to be next in line for uh, the title unless she fights Cynthia Calvilla and actually make that fight happen. Uh, the next fight was at middleweight with Phil Halls versus Jacob Malkoon. Now, this fight, it caught me by surprise because Philip Halls and Jacob Malkoon were both making their debut. Philip Halls coming off a one-punch knockout off Dana White's Contender Series. And Malkoon is like a four, like is like a training partner of Robert Whitaker's, but he also has a record of four and one. I don't think that someone who's four and one should be on the main card. I was just gonna a yeah, like a pay per view fight, especially one that's right. Khabib versus Gaethje. Mm-hmm. They should have put like next one with Rambi there, fighter. Nine and two, hmm. which I mean isn't better, but I mean it was his debut. I thought it should have been on the prelims, <clears throat> but. I remember literally telling my brother before the fight, I'm like, dude, I would bet so much money on Phil Halls right now. He's literally going to kill him. And I was right. He literally knocked him out in 18 seconds. And he didn't even stand a chance. It was horrible. Wait, so the guy in Contender Series won or the guy that trains with Rob? The guy that was on the Contender Series. Literally just pushed him against the cage and unloaded on him. And it looked, <laughs> it looked like I saw a murder on live TV. The TKO? Uh, nope. It was... <laughs> he was out before he hit the floor. Oh, good night. Um, and moving next was a fight that I was actually looking forward to, Alexander Volkov versus Walt Harris. Now, these are some records that should be on the main card. You got 32-8 and eight and 13-9 and nine with one no contest. Well, I mean, those are the records now. But Walt Harris uh, coming off a loss to Alistair Overeem, knocked out in the second round. Um, he has a lot of hype behind him. I mean, he has a – before our Overeem and Volkov fight, he was finishing all his opponents in the first round, so he's got that dynamite power. And I believe – I don't know how many months ago it was, but he lost his daughter. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter. Dana White was, like, tweeting about I it. I saw it. I wasn't literally aware of who the fighter was, but I, I did see it. Her name is uh, Nia Blanchard. She was missing for a while, and then they found her body. So – and then literally after that, he had to fight with Overeem, which, unfortunately, he lost. I would like to see him win. But he had a fight with Alexander Volkov. Um, I was interesting to see how Walt Harris would be able to handle the like reach and length and height of Alexander Volkov, considering he's six seven, and he's a really good kickboxer too. And the thing about this fight was that anything that Walt Harris could do offensively, whether it be try to work the clinch or get on the inside, it works to Volkov's favor because he uses really good body kicks. And he like if they get in the clinch, he's gonna unload knees on you. So 
moving on or moving forward, Volkov was able to land, like what I said, he has like those vicious body kicks. He landed an awesome body, straight front body kick right to the body, drops Walt Harris. He was able to finish him. This happened in the second round. And then going on to the next fight in middleweight, Brill, your boy Rob, Bobby Knuckles, the Australian Ooh. king. He fought, or I'm talking about Robert Whitaker for those that don't know. By the way, I sure did not know he was Australian until literally the end of the fight we watched against Darren Till, and he came out with an axe. I'm like, oh. You didn't know that? No. That's funny. But yeah, he fought Jared Cannonier, who Israel Adesanya said that he would want to fight next. If, like once he kills Rob. Obviously, that didn't happen. Robert Whitaker literally put on probably one of the best performances in his career. He was so fast. He was so quick. He dropped Cannoneer a couple times, which Cannoneer went from heavyweight to light heavyweight and now middleweight and was knocking – he wasn't knocking everybody out, but, like, it was more – he had, like, a TKO against Anderson Silva, kicked him in the leg and basically shattered his leg. But oh, Okay. He was fighting all the best competition. His two losses at light heavyweight were to Dominic Reyes and Jan Blahovich, which literally just fought each other for the title. And in heavyweight, he had some knockouts. So he has insane power in his legs and his hands. But Rob was just able to stick to the outside, use his jab effectively, hit him with these super quick three-punch combinations. He would one, like hit the one, hit the two, come up with a high kick, drops, or it worked. He hit it one time. And it obviously stunned Cannoneer, but then he did it like later in the fight and completely Kirk. Mm-hmm. Shut up. Really? Yep. Let's go. Christian Kirk. Also football. <laughs> we're, recording, we're recording during Sunday night football, by the way. And Maggie, by the way, I loved him in college. Yeah. Luke, Luke has to, uh, Luke has Christian Kirk on his team. Continue Luke. Let's go Christian Kirk. Shout out Christian Kirk. <laughs> Thank you for getting some points on my team. But yeah, Rob, or he tried it later in the fight. Dropped Cannoneer. I thought it was going to be like the beginning of the end, but uh, Janet Cannonier, or Jared Cannoneer is just so freaking tough and was able to withstand all that punishment, get back to his feet, and then the fight went to decision. And I think all rounds went to Rob, which I think judges had it the same way. I'd have to recheck. And then moving on finally to the main event, Khabib versus Justin Gaethje. I know Sam's brother wanted to debate me because he believed that Justin Gaethje would destroy Khabib. And when you have a fighter like Khabib, it's it's nearly impossible. That fight was literally. So started. Um, it was actually strange. I thought Justin would be more patient, like he was in the Tony fight. But Khabib's pressure and the way he like hunt you down, getting in your face. He was eating leg kicks, which was one of the biggest problems. J- or Gaethje has really good leg kicks. So Justin was hitting those, and then once it got too much for Khabib, he'd take him down. And then – so he took him down in the first round and then almost got him in an arm bar. Round ended. Start of the second round, Justin was landing some pretty good shots, but Khabib just looked like he was eating them. He wasn't too impressed. And then took him down, got him to full mount, got him in an arm triangle, flipped over, and then submitted him unconscious. And it was kind of the ref's fault because you can see that Justin was tapping, but the ref didn't really do anything about it. And then finally, like, stepped in, and KG just hits the floor. He was out. But, I mean, I think that would have to cement – oh, actually, well, Khabib, uh, after the fight, took off his gloves, 
and he ended up retiring from the sport. He said that he didn't want to fight again without his father and that he promised his mother that he wouldn't fight again as well. Yes. <laughs> okay. I, I can't prepare for this. Yeah. So with Khabib retiring, the belt is vacated. I'm assuming that Gaethje, did I say his name right? Yes. Okay. Assuming he would get first take at the fight for the belt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who do you expect to take that fight? Because I know obviously there's Tony, there's potentially Connor, who I don't think would go up to fight that weight. Um, I also don't think he wants to fight either of those guys. Who who now is in line to potentially take the belt now that Khabib is retired? Well, well shut the fuck up. He was originally a lightweight. He went up to welterweight. Hey, going back down. Your Free shit. belt. Free belt. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Justin Gaethje is definitely going to be first in line. Um, but Connor is a 155er. He was a former 155 champ, so he's scheduled to fight Poirier in January. So I'm ta- I'm guessing the winner of that would probably uh fight Gaethje, unless Connor. Who's going to win that fight? Connor doesn't. Probably Connor. Fucking so, right. Fucking right is Connor. Uh, Connor and Dustin fought before at featherweight, and Connor dusted him in like a round. Um, so yeah, unless Connor somehow pulls some strings with Dana and jumps ahead and gets each first Connor for the title, which I'm assuming Dana White would be like, yeah, pay per view buys. That's what Dana wants. <laughs> just screw Dustin over, but I mean, give it to him. Uh, yeah. There's also oh, – you got to take – or I think Tony Ferguson should fight Michael Chandler, who's a newcomer from Bellator. Um, he had a good title run in Bellator, and now he's he's supposed to make his debut soon. He was the backup for Khabib Jaychich, which I didn't really agree with because I think that you should at least have a couple fights, let alone one fight, before you even get in the title conversation. Okay. But uh, you got Tony Ferguson. You got Dan Hooker, who's coming off a loss to Dustin Poirier. I got the dark horse in my division. I post a lot on Inlook's Corner about him. Charles Oliveira. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of like a younger version of Tony. I think he's on like a 10-fight win streak. He's been submitting everybody. So I'd like to see him get a good chance. I think him versus Tony would be an awesome fight. Him versus Hooker would be a good fight. I think that's probably one of the fights to make. But, I mean, there is a lot. I, I know Bellator does this. They do like tournaments. Um, usually they have a champion within it. But I think if they did like a cool like lightweight tournament thing, I doubt they will, but I think that'd be cool like, to figure out who should be like champion. But, yeah, it's an open division. But the thing is, because like, Khabib was so dominant, submits Poirier, submits Gaethje, submits Connor. Like, those are the biggest names that we're talking about right now who like, are probably going to fight for the title next. But like, when you have John Jones beats Dominic Reyes, some say he lost that fight. It's not like in the light heavyweight, it's like, oh, whoever's champion probably like doesn't really feel like a champion because of John, but like Yamalhovic knocks out Dominic Reyes. That changes things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But with Khabib, like, say Gaethje becomes champion. Cool. Gaethje just got destroyed by Khabib, which is part of the reason why I was talking about this on my Twitter account earlier. I think the term GOAT is really subjective and like opinion based. Like, and it shouldn't be really decided for everybody because people view the sport differently. It should be greatest, like, of, like, not, like, current generation, but, like, like greatest of all time, and then there should be, like, greatest during, like, said time period. I think, like, I was talking about this. So I was, like, for example, in the NBA, people argue about LeBron. Michael Jordan and LeBron. Yep. 
but they fail to realize that they're both one of the or both of the greatest athletes to ever play in that sport. Yeah. And that's at the end what really matters. They're yeah. both legends. Does it really matter who's the greatest all the time? No. That term, I feel like it came up recently, like 2016. I, it's always been such a huge thing, and especially now that LeBron's got four titles. Argue three if you feel like your title doesn't count. But I, I think the thing is, it's like, well, LeBron's only, you know, he's only won four out of ten. Well, he's gotten in the finals ten times. Like, I think there's arguments for it. It's like, well, he wouldn't have been able to survive in, like, that area of basketball. We don't know that. We can't, yeah. we can't simulate that because the sport changes. Yeah. And obviously, like, if somebody in 10, 15 years wins six Super Bowls like Tom Brady, are we going to say they're the goat of football because it's a different era of football? Like, Because football might be different in 10, 15 years. If some kid comes – like, if Joe Burrow wins six Super Bowls in the next 10 years, are you going to say, like, well, Joe Burrow's not the goat because, like, you know – Tom Brady did it in, you know, less tries or football's different nowadays. Like, it's tough to make that argument with time and stuff. So I do agree with you in that conversation. Like, the impact of the sport is so much more important than who holds said title. Yeah, and especially when it comes to MMA. MMA has evolved so much since the UFC originally started. Like, before, guys didn't even know what jiu-jitsu was. And then Royce Gracie comes in, starts submitting guys, like, three guys in one night. And they're like, all right, what the fuck is this? And then flash forward to now where they're a lot more technical. They have, they're like, for example, Israel Adesanya is a professor, was a professional kickboxer. Mm-hmm. He uses that in mixed martial arts. Khabib, world sambo champion, uses that. You have uh, jiu-jitsu black belts. Like people, like they combine their skills, and that's what makes them a true mixed martial artist. And they're able to, like, learn how to defend things or learn like, different types of offense. Like, for example, I talked about on the podcast, calf kicks. Calf kicks have always been a thing, but they haven't been really as popular until now because they realize how damaging it is. So, like, it's just stuff like that. Little that stuff shit, like that. that shit. Yeah, it's, it's gross. It really can fuck up your life. But, yeah. I mean, people argue John Jones is the greatest. People argue Anderson Silva is the greatest. People argue George St. Pierre is the greatest. But, right. like, at the end of the day... It's like, Daniel Cormier. that's fucking hilarious like at the end of the day they're all legends and that's what really should matter yeah i agree with that but like in my opinion because like i said it's subjective i think khabib is because 28 no no one dude look at at me over here look at me fucking i can't do things prepared (laughs) 29 and no he you could argue that he's never lost a round in his life yeah Sure. completely dominated all of his opponents. People have talked about how lightweight is the most intense, hard division of the entire UFC. Mm-hmm. And when you have guys like Connor, Gaethje, Poirier, three guys that are on top 10 of the pound for, fo- or, sorry, pound yeah. for pound list mm-hmm. in the UFC, and he dominates all three of those guys. Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to not make that argument. Like, he, he's quite literally dominated the industry. And, like, outside of the UFC, no, like, performance-enhancing drugs controversy like Jones has. Good role model outside of the sport. Very quiet outside of the Wrestles sport. Bears. Wrestles Bears. He's a savage. Yeah. And then, like, switching over to John Jones, like, if Jones didn't have, like, the performance-enhancing drugs controversy with, like, the pictogram and everything like that, if he didn't, I mean, not that, like, outside antics, like, impact whether you're the go to or not of the sport. It definitely is an impact on your book. It, 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 it hurts if, your if, image. If you talk about, like, if people knew, like, all the stuff that Michael Jordan got into, like, if social media existed, like, 
feel like we'd all have a much more negative opinion of Michael Jordan, where it's like, you can hate LeBron for being a, a baby or whatever, but the dude is very a very good person outside of the sport. Like, yeah. And it's obviously easy to, like, say that, but, like, he never has gotten in trouble. Like, he doesn't have outside issues. He's a good husband, good father. Like, Yeah, and plus John has that one disqualification loss that always bugs him, even though he was destroying that guy in that fight. Um, he People say he could have lost to Dominic Reyes. It's just things like that that, like, but when you look at Khabib, Khabib has never looked like he was in trouble. Yeah. Khabib has won 29 fights in a row and not one disqualification. Like, he knew what he was doing, and he was dominating in a way that, like, it was legal. The guys couldn't do anything about it, and he won those fights. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, in my opinion, Khabib, Nurmagomedov, <laughs> Khabib Nurmagomedov is the greatest of all time. You think he's going to go into commentating at all, or is there like like a language, not like a language barrier, I'd say, but like something kind of like that, where he's maybe a little bit harder to understand than like uh, more American-born fighters? Uh, I doubt it. I don't really know what he's going to do next. I'm sure he's just going to go back home. Train people, probably. He, yeah, I feel like he's going to take on the role of his dad and probably coach some of the guys that are in the UFC now, like Islam Makachev. Chimeyev, or whatever the fuck his name is. He's, he doesn't – he's not from Dagestan. Well, he – but that guy is something to watch out for, that dude. Oh, they booked <sighs> – Brill. Me. They booked a fight with Kamzat Shemaev and Leon Edwards. Oh, Jesus. For when? Um, December, I believe. I think you said, like, December. Yeah. Or but it's because they took Leon Edwards off the rankings because no one really wanted to fight him. Oh, okay. Masvidal didn't want to fight him. Covington wanted, or didn't want to fight him. He was supposed to fight Woodley. Or, no, I'm sorry. I don't know. He was supposed to fight. I think it was. Yeah, I think he was supposed to fight Woodley. Edwards is heavyweight or what is this? Or no, this is welterweight. Nineteen. Welterweight. Yeah. yeah he was yeah. supposed to fight Woodley, and then I think either something like or I think COVID started happening, and he like couldn't really travel, and then he got screwed because then Covington took that fight. Stop the fight! Overtime. Yeah. Sorry. So Zoom sucks. <laughs> but uh, as I was saying, Seahawks games in overtime. By the way. Dude, yes, they got to keep passing it to Christian Kirk. Shout out Christian Kirk. <laughs> In front of the pod. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Leon Edward got screwed. He wasn't really that active. They took him off the rankings, and then as soon as they took him off, he was like – he posted a tweet or something. He was like, fuck it, Jamai, you want to fight? And Jamai was like, yes, they rock in the roll, baby. His words, literally, quote. Um, so that fight's going to be interesting. It's going to really show how good Hamzat Shemaev is because Leon Edwards, I think people forget how really good it is because, or how good he is because people's judgment of him is pretty clouded because of the whole thing with Masvidal, the three-piece in a soda. And ever since that, like after that, he hasn't really been making a name for himself. So I feel like if Leon Edwards beats Hamzat Shemaev, that's going to show the people and like the MMA fans like, holy shit, this dude's for real. But if Hamzat wins, that shows he is literally a step away from fighting for the title which would be crazy to see him go up that fast. What's the next fight card? Um, it's a fight night, I believe. Oh, wow. Versus. It would have bought money. Oh, yeah, I know. It's, this fight makes me sad. It's uh-huh. going to be Anderson Silva. Like I said, people know uh-huh. it's his last fight. He stated against Uriah Hall, who has one of the most devastating knockouts I've seen in UFC history. And he's still pretty young, and Anderson Silva's 45. So I can't imagine this fight going well for Silva, even though he is one of the greatest of all time, but he's way up past his prime. Again, he's 45. Daniel Cormier retired and thinks he's old at, like, 40. 
but yeah, that's going to be a little rough to see. I really hope Anderson Silva gets done. I can't really see it happening, but yeah. And then you got Thug Nasty Bryce Mitchell versus Andre Touchy Feely. Isn't that such a cool nickname? Because Andre Feely, Andre Touchy Touchy Feely. But Bryce Mitchell has one of two twister finishes in the United I almost said United States. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm out of it today. The UFC. And a lot of people like him. He's funny. And like he's the guy that after his fights, he always asks for the camel shorts. Like, Reebok, I want those damn camel shorts. But like, apparently, this fight, he's got the Reebok shorts. He's got them. He's got the camel Reebok shorts. Oh, damn. Well, that's going to be cool. And then a returning middleweight who's been knocking everyone out is Kevin Holland. And what people fail to realize is that he knocked out the guy who, you know, who did like the spinning back kick that was trending all over the world the other day, mm-hmm. who was Joaquin Buckley. He knocked out Joaquin Buckley. So this dude is legit. He has great elbows, great clinch work. So it's going to be exciting to him. He's fighting Mahmoud Muradov. Who Muradov? He's been doing pretty well. He's got two fights, uh, uh, unanimous decision win over Alessio Dicharico, and a knockout over Trevor Smith, who's a pretty seasoned vet. And then you've got, hold on, you've got Maurice Green versus Greg Hardy at heavyweight. This is going to be a good fight. Maurice Green, I believe, is coming off a submission win to Gian Vellante. He also got submitted by Alexi Olenek, who's a freak in his own mind, but we're not, we'll talk about that another time. But he's fighting Greg Hardy, a former NFL football player, coming off a decision win of Jorgen DeCastro. He fought Alexander Volkov, who I mentioned earlier. He lost to him in a decision, but it was good to see him fight somebody that's as good as Alexander Volkov and get to a decision, not get finished. So that fight's going to be good. Those are heavy hitters. Someone's going down, I believe. And then at the start of the card, you have Bobby Green versus Tiago Moises. I love Bobby Green. He's one of, like, the most class acts in sport. I tweeted about him a long time ago saying that he's super – he has really high class. Beat Lando Venata, huge, huge name in the UFC, one of the biggest prospects. Beat Clay Guida, who is a coach at Montini. He beat Alan Patrick, who – isn't really known in the UFC, but still a major win for Bobby Green. And it's good to see him fight a guy like Tiago Moises. Moises has got some good wins. He submitted Michael Johnson, who's a really seasoned lightweight. Um, Johnson has wins over – who's he have a one over? Not Gage each, but I think it might be Poirier, if I'm not mistaken. It might be. I might be wrong. And he's got some other big wins. Actually, I want to see who Michael Johnson beat. I know he beat a huge name. He's beat a lot of good people. <laughs> the GOAT, Artem Lobov. That's a joke. You don't get that joke. Uh-huh. Nice. He did. He did. Before he knocked on the first round. I was right. All right, cool. Um, yeah, so that fight's going to be cool. I really don't want to see Anderson Silva get knocked the fuck out, but I think that's what we're going to watch. Great. Um, in other news, boxing-related – Lomachenko lost his title to Teofimo Lopez, who's a 23-year-old, who is now the undisputed lightweight champion boxer. And 
I'm a huge Lomachenko fan. I was going into this thinking, oh, Lomachenko's going to beat this kid's ass. But this Teofimo Lopez, that dude is a very, very technical and good fighter. And what Lomachenko's really good at, he goes on the outsides and is able to pick his shots. But Teofimo, every time he'd rotate, he'd rotate. He was cutting off those angles that Lomachenko uses for his advantage, mm-hmm. was able to use his jab. And he was really picking them apart because I think Lomachenko, what Lomachenko was trying to do, he was trying to maybe tire him out because Teofimo is known for knocking people out in the first round. He was trying to like wait until he tires out and then come the seventh round, he's lost every single round. He's like, damn, I'm going to lose all my shit. This dude's not getting tired. So Lomachenko started putting more pressure on him. He won some of the rounds. So going into the last round, it could have been a draw if Lomachenko won. Um, but Teofimo had a very strong 12th round, finished the fight, not finished the fight, but finished the fight in a good way. In the, or made a good impression on the judges. I had it uh, six rounds to five. Nope, that doesn't make sense. Seven rounds to six. Mm-hmm. No, what? Wait, how many rounds are the fights? Seven rounds to five. I'm sorry. Okay, there you go. You had it. Figure <laughs> like, it out. Man for a second. But fucking execution. And like a lot of people were, were or had the same uh, cards on social media, and then one of the judges gave Teofimo Lopez um, 11 out of the 12 rounds. And everybody was pissed off about that. Even, even Lomachenko afterwards, he's like, uh, he's like, I don't agree with the judges' scorecards. He doesn't speak English. <laughs> yeah, I can tell from that accent. <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, he didn't agree with it. Uh, if they want a rematch, I think that'd be cool because that fight was epic. Um but looking for Tiafim Lopez, if he doesn't want to fight Lomachenko again, he's got Gervonta Davis, Devin Haney. A lot of people want to say Ryan Garcia is up there. You know, Ryan Garcia is like that social media boxer who has the bag. I mean, he's got super fast hands, but I do not think he's anywhere on the level near of Devin Haney, Gervonta Davis, or even Tiafim Lopez himself. I think he'd get demolished. But other than that, I think that's about everything for uh, combat sports. He's trash, bro. One second, I'm still typing. Well, do you have any questions for me? You've been kind of silent. I was going to ask about the Korean zombie fight, but I know that was like two cards ago, technically. But I was just curious about that. That was the first episode, dog. I saw that, bro. That's not related to what Luke's talking about, but I did see that. This is the first episode, dog. Ask me about it. What do you want to know? Uh, uh, When's Jorge Masvidal fighting? Or no. When are we going to get to see Francis Ngannou type fight? Huh? When are we going to see like a heavyweight title fight? I'm afraid Francis Ngannou to fight. Uh, the most recent one was Daniel Cormier versus Stipe, and Stipe won. Well, yeah, I know that. I want to see Stipe apparently is out for a little while. I don't. I think it's due to injury or something like that. So Francis Ngannou still has to wait. If they want to book a fight between Ngannou and John Jones, I think that's their best bet. But I doubt Ngannou will take that. I know Ngannou, he deserves the next title shot for sure. He's been knocking everybody out. But I think maybe start of 2021, I think that's when we're going to see that fight. After, that? Like, after the new year. When does Max Holloway get another title shot? Not for a while. Fuck. Uh, I think Brian Ortega's next for the title shot. He looked on the WWE. <laughs> Brian Ortega. Someone Ortega was on WWE, right? David Ortega. 
David Otunga. <laughs> Otunga, damn it. Damn it. Close enough. But yeah, Ortega looked phenomenal in his fight against Korean Zombie. It really showed how much of a how much he actually improved on a stand-up because the Korean Zombie is known for having really heavy hands and being a very technical striker. But Ortega looked phenomenal. He looked really big. He was able to use his jab that was so fucking fast and literally picked Zombie apart, dropped him with an awesome spinning elbow. And you could make an argument that he won every single round. He if Anderson won. Silva's coming back, is Chael Sonnen coming back? No, he's he let him retire undefeated. In his world, yeah. <laughs> Fuck him. Anderson <laughs> Silva, you are a bitch. And these would be probably the only people that are going to tire undefeated. Mm-hmm. Wait, I thought you lost to Anderson that one time. No. Not, not, not on his No. <laughs> Uncle Chael is undefeated, never lost a fight in his career. He's, he's the GOAT. <laughs> the, only one, the only person I know to make money off their mouth is your ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> Long live Uncle Chael. He's the best. Shout out, Chael. So, so funny. But no, he, for those that don't know, he's not undefeated. He's lost quite a few times. Yeah, I had it pretty hard living in Columbus, Ohio. Sometimes the maids didn't come every week. That's pretty scary as a kid. Ohio, it's Westland, Oregon. Oregon, yeah, whatever. I can't know everything. It's all right. That's why you're on here. Yeah, you didn't even know Khabib's record. That's awkward. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know shit. Um, I'm just the producer. Yeah, I think that's about settled. We'll probably just wrap things up. Thank you for tuning in to the very first episode of Tim Luke's Corner. Uh, we'll probably try to get one done almost every week, probably. Um, stay tuned. Follow my Twitter account at in Luke's Corner. It'll be linked down below. It'll be linked down below. Um, check, or make sure you tune for predictions. I'll help make you some money. Um, but, yeah, that's about it. Cool. I, I forgot that this isn't villains and I'm supposed to do that. I'm actually in charge now. Yeah, what, what's <laughs> wow. your outro, man? What's your outro? Uh, I didn't even think of one. What should be my outro? We'll decide it on here. You, you got you got to no, you got to just put in insert like the Joe Rogan. Oh!